0: All right, guys, welcome all in. We've got about 225 registered attendees and about almost 100 here live right now. Really, really exciting. Um, So welcome. Welcome, Print Hustlers. I'm Bruce from Printavo, Simple Shop Management Software. We are really excited today uh, to be able to have Adam Smith, co-owner out of Lucky Prints. Thanks so much for being able to join us.
1: Yeah, thank you
0: so um, this really is
1: forward to this it's it's been a weird time for everybody i know everybody's kind of feeling um you know uncertainty and all of that so
0: really yeah thankful
1: for you guys uh providing all these updates and getting information out to help companies like us and, and everybody here
0: yeah 100 percent. well you know it is such a crazy time um but it's it's interesting as it's Making shops pivot and change based on the current environment. I think I think we've hit our um, I think we've hit our our kind of shock moment. You know, the first week or two is like, right. oh my yep. gosh, holy crap, what's going on? And now everybody's starting to be like, okay, this is clearly the new environment for a little while here, um, a little while longer than we probably initially thought. And it's really neat to see shops be able to adjust like you guys, which is where I saw you kind of pivot really quickly, actually, and be able to build out such a um, a great new sales channel. And so that's what we're here to talk about today. But first, tell us just a little bit about your shop. You guys are based in Chicago, too. I've been there a couple of times. Yep. Such a cool loft space. Uh, you know, how'd you get started? How many people do you have?
1: Yeah um so we are we're in chicago we're on the west side if you're familiar with the the lay of the land out here we're right by the united center and uh goose islands brewery it's an all, all industrial area um and we're in a we're actually in an incubator building for light industrial companies um which has helped immensely in in you know us accelerating our growth and um yeah since we've moved in here we've we've grown about five times over so um yeah, we got started about eight years ago. It'll actually be eight years on May 1. Um, so we got, a, we got a birthday coming up. But, um, yeah, I've been printing for about 16 years. Um, I, a familiar name in the, in the chat over here I see is uh, my old boss that I got started with. Um, <laughs> glad to see him on here. Hey, Todd. And, um, but, yeah, I mean, so we, we're a team of eight right now. Um we've been able to keep everybody on despite you know the the hardship that we're going through along with everybody else. Um and we we've found success and um you know have been able to grow our business on on kind of a a partnership ideology. So um we we look for the problems that our our customers have and um, you know, find ways whether we we have those tools already, or if it's a tool that we can we can develop and and kind of help them um, resolve those issues and, and help grow their business. So that's that that sure. mentality um, and that ethos has kind of helped us uh, help us get to where we are.
0: So um, and before getting inside of the, the store side, just the whole coronavirus, um, the whole environment that it's created. You guys have kept your team on, which is awesome. Um, I'm assuming you got the loan application in and have been waiting for that. Any update from your bank around that one? And everybody's been Uh, asking. Yeah, I mean
1: we 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 did ours through Chase. Um, We had a we had a pretty long-standing relationship with them, and I think them um, they as well as other banks limited their applicants to people that had accounts open um, by I think February 15th is is kind of the de facto benchmark. but so we got our application in um, late last week, I think on Thursday, uh, and okay. we're just waiting to hear back. So we we knew it was coming, and um, we worked with our accounting team to you know compile all the documents that we needed, get all the the um, nine forty one and nine forty four returns, um, kind of compiled and ready to go, and ran the numbers a few times and just double checked our work to make sure that you know. There were no snags no issues that would hang it up so uh we're hoping to hear back from them any day and i mean that will that will allow us um quite a bit of cushion to be able to keep paying our staff um and even be able to pay them up to their normal full-time paychecks which would be ideal so
0: how how did you going off on a little tangent on here but how did you manage to keep your team first of all how many people do you guys have right now and then um did you have to like work with everybody say hey? this is tough. We're just going to lower salaries for a bit, or, uh, I'm going to cut my salary. Or what did you do?
1: Um, yeah, I mean, exactly that. We, we've got eight people right now, all full-time. We don't have any part-time employees.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, so
1: going into this, I mean, I, I had seen other States start to do their shutdown and the shelter in place and starting with other countries doing it and knowing that we were, you know, we, that time was fast approaching for us as well. Um, so we we looked at our burn rate for our cash if we had to ride this out for a few months and um, the numbers didn't look great. So, uh, but we were fortunate that we did have quite a bit of cash put away and we're able to weather the storm. So we just kind of took a number um, based off of that and that burn rate, and um, we I was very transparent with my staff. I I told them you know my ultimate goal is is to keep them on to and to keep them thriving. Um, and how we were able to do that was we we just reduced um, their their take home pay to about twenty it, it averaged out to about twenty hours a week uh, for the folks that aren't able to come into the shop we we're, we're super limited in in our capacity right now mm-hmm. um, and then I kept a couple of our our front end team um, on to work from home right now they're working two on two off um since weekends don't really matter these these days. Um, so, and they are, they're kind of spearheading the leading charge on the uh, the merch stores uh, for fundraising. So uh, Got it. we have, yeah, we have some folks that are able to get some some genuine hours on their paycheck and then the rest of the folks are trying to supplement um, as best we can out of the cash. Yeah.
0: Makes sense. So jumping into this, right? Um, you know, you guys came on the on the radar for us fairly randomly, because I I don't think you were using any sort of stores or anything like that before um, the last kind of 30, 45 days here. So what was that thought process like first of getting into just using stores and and like, what prompted that?
1: Um, It hit me. I I don't have a date on it, but it hit me the the Sunday before um, the week before the shelter in place order went in for Illinois. Um, so it just hit me one morning and I was like, how, you know, I, we had seen our traditional customers, um, start to back off of orders that they had placed. And a lot of our customer base is in the hospitality industry, breweries, cafes, uh, gyms, coffee roasters, all that kind of stuff. And they are, they were the first wave of people that were, um, kind of immediately and imminently impacted by this. Um, so they were shut down. And I mean, we, we know a lot of those, those people we have. Um, most of our, our customers have been with us for a long time. Um, and the employees at those companies, um, that we work with, we could kind of sense, you know, since the, the fear that they had and the anxieties that they had, um, and we knew kind of going back to that, that partnership approach that we take to everything that, you know, we needed to ride this out together and, and do what we can to, um, you know, get creative and find ways to help them. And then it. Um, you know, we knew that people weren't going to be placing orders, and we knew that fundraising um, t-shirts are a great way to fundraise. Printed anything is a great way to fundraise. Um, and so, I was just kind of looking around and exploring any tool that we had that could could uh, you know offset the the cost of purchasing for them. Uh, it's a very similar platform to how we run our our live printing for um, for festivals and stuff around Chicago, and and we we kind of take on the burden of of cost and the risk because we have the relationships um with our t-shirt vendors and stuff like that where if we have you know if we bring out 200 shirts to an event we sell the shirts if we sell 150 sure. of them we have 50 of them on hand and we can send those back um to get sure. stocked and we'll we'll eat a little bit of that of that um that restock cost if necessary but the idea is that we were able to handle the the merchandising handle the point of sale um and offer that to the whoever the benefactor is um at no cost or minimal cost of so how did I you get the that, first the way to do that.
0: How, how did you get the first well who was the first one and how'd you get them
1: Ooh, let me let me take a look at that real quick sure um so the first one that we launched was for um a restaurant in chicago called mondano okay um, and they were actually not a customer of ours um one of our front end team um she normally is responsible for taking in new project inquiries, uh, setting up orders for customers. She's an account manager. Um, she had a background in the hospitality industry, and like I was saying, they were the first ones to start feeling it. So she had personal relationships with a lot of people who were servers, bartenders, chefs, restaurant owners, um, and she just reached out, and and you know they kind of saw the the writing on the wall that things were about to get really rough, and um, they they knew that they had to start raising funds and, um, yeah, they liked the platform that we, we put together and we built a store just kind of to present to them, um, initially without them really sending us anything and they liked it. um, So did you go into that that.
0: initial conversation with a demo store and you then emailed them saying, Hey, you know, here, here's what we're doing. Here's what we can't do. Here's an example of it. And you put their logo and everything on it too.
1: Yeah. So we've, we've done that for a few people. Um, we initially we built out a sample site using our stuff because we just had a bunch of graphics laying around mm-hmm. uh, in our dropbox for years so we just put some of those mock-ups in a site put some pricing um ran some you know some literature in there for people to read and just different options um we we actually had kind of a whiteboard session before um we put this whole thing together and we kind of broke out like all right who who is our target who needs the most help we're going to start there. Uh, Got it. so you listed all of
0: the, on the, on the whiteboard, like example companies and.
1: Yeah, exactly. Uh, um, and then we, um, so we put together, we tried to keep it really simple. Uh, we didn't want to things to get muddy by introducing a bunch of different garment styles and all of that. So we, we wanted to be able to offer, um, few different levels of contribution because most of the folks who are going to buy a t-shirt from a restaurant aren't, Necessarily the patrons, but probably other people within the industry. Um, so we knew that that people needed an option. If they if they only had twelve dollars to throw at it, we could get them a tote bag. If they had more than that, they could buy a thirty-two dollar hoodie. Or if they wanted to fall right in the middle, they could get a twenty dollar t-shirt. Ah, um, uh, got so it. A, we, so you have got the scale. Yeah, we, exactly. So we put some core products together um, to try and get everybody using the same skews, and to be able to offer a few different levels of contribution based on whoever. Based on the budget of whoever's going to be buying that product because a lot of people want to support multiple businesses um, or and you know if they wanted to buy a gift for somebody they could buy the tote bag because there's no sizing restrictions or anything like that Um, and that kind of allowed people different options and what we've seen is that people will buy a few things so if you're just selling one t-shirt then you're going to get one sale one product in the hands of one person Uh, but we've noticed that a lot of people because that tote bag option is there um people are just tacking those onto their order, which is awesome. To smart. See,
0: so. That's very interesting. I mean, it's kind of like how we do our pricing, right? There's the there's kind of beginner getting started for people who are more price conscious and then there's the fuller featured one um, that they're that wanting more of the efficiency. Um, really smart. And actually what a great idea to do that and really set up the store for them. I mean, you made it so easy for them to say yes, right? Like,
1: yeah. I mean, what did they respond yeah, I mean, back and say after
0: you sent them that? Because you didn't have much uh, a of lot of- relationship
1: sure yeah and i mean they were uh they were ecstatic Mondano specifically was they were super stoked on it um especially too they they had also been working on a um they're they're kind of a, a finer dining restaurant and so they they kind of pivoted and put together a carryout centric um menu project that they were they called it Wing in it um and they were doing like mm-hmm. a bunch of fried chicken which was kind of a detachment from what they normally do um so they had already put some graphics together specifically for the marketing of that program. So they sent us all of that and we had like fresh new gear, new graphics that were specific to that program. Um, and it was, yeah, just kind of, it aligned perfectly. I mean, they, they were working on a program in-house to raise funds for their staff already. Um, and we were able to kind of provide them an additional outlet to, to supplement the, you know, the fundraising efforts that they were doing in-house with the food.
0: Got it, has your sales pitch changed any or are you doing a similar thing from, from that list that you created of potential customers now?
1: Um, we've, we've definitely tweaked it. Um, at first it was it was confusing for a lot of people because it we were pitching it as like, hey, look, this thing is amazing. Look at this resource that we have. And for a lot of people, especially people that we didn't already have a relationship with, uh, it was almost like a too good to be true kind of thing. They're like, I don't have mm-hmm. to pay anything. I don't have to buy any shirts. I just sit back and wait for a check. Um, so we, we kind of changed our, our wording, and we're, whenever we're reaching out to people, we'll send them some examples of sites. Um, we, we try to you know, use people whose name is pretty well known around the city, like some of the breweries and stuff like that, um, just to kind of give it some credibility, but also to, to give them an opportunity to kind of flip through it and see, all right, you know, here's a shirt from, from Half Acre. I could do something like that for our company.
0: Um, mm, so just okay. kind of allow them
1: to imagine, imagine their graphics and their branding on this site. Um, but we definitely had to tweak it a little bit. We also expanded it out to not just service and hospitality industry, uh, once the shelter in place went into effect, because then, then it was everybody. I mean, there's, there's not a company in the city. I don't think that's feeling the impact. Um, so we wanted to, we wanted to expand it once we were able to kind of vet it through, um, the channels that we already had established, um, we we felt really confident in taking it out and advertising it. We even promoted it, um, ran some paid ads to just trying to garner garner some interest and get some feedback from the, the general public.
0: Is that what your sales team is focusing on, you know, majority of the time now is going out to new local businesses and, and, and pitching fundraising stores?
1: Um, yeah, not so much going out, but uh, reaching out for sure. I mean, yeah, uh, yeah,
0: I guess figuratively.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, so we have we we split it up. Um, so we have two account reps who, who are normally handling orders on the day to day. We have one of them focused on outreach and onboarding, um, and then the other one. Once we get a store live, the other one takes over from there and kind of you know manages it kind of in perpetuity. So we're we're running it on a cycle. Um, so Logan, who is responsible for onboarding, will um she'll kind of get the conversation started she'll so show them some examples answer whatever questions they have she can even give them like a a payout structure um so they can run some numbers based on you know hypothetical sales figures and stuff um and then andrew will take over from there uh to manage the store he'll he'll cycle them out every couple of weeks and he'll um he'll tally up the payouts and um and just kind of keep everything going after that initial Launch is active. Um, we do still have some traditional orders coming in, fortunately, and he's he's able to manage those as well.
0: Got it. Got it. So you talked about following up actually before this, before we went live here, which I thought was really really cool. How, you know, dive into that. What, what about some of these potential customers that were coming back around because of the environment and everything that's going around? Or did you follow up? How, how does that work?
1: Um, so, yeah, it was a about a week ago we noticed that because we had reached out to a ton of people i mean dozens and dozens of businesses in the city um, and a lot of people liked the idea they appreciated the effort um, but they weren't ready to do it for one reason or another they may have already had a gofundme started or they had another fundraising platform that they were focusing their efforts on um and what we noticed now that we're about a month in is that last week we started getting some feedback from the people that we'd hit up at the beginning of this um Mm -hmm. and as companies are, you know, just burning through whatever resources they have, or maybe their other fundraising platform just wasn't enough. Um, we've had a lot of people following back up, trying to get stuff started, um, to to supplement whatever fundraising efforts they've done. Whether they they didn't project their cash far enough out, um, or just, you know, underestimated the impact. Like I think we've all done, is underestimated how the severity of this and how quickly it would escalate. Um, so yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of given us an opportunity to to revisit those um, conversations with those people and and get them back on board, um, just so that we can you know we can try to help them out and and help them keep their staff and help them keep their lights on and stay open when we get on the other side.
0: Right, that's actually a really great point. It's just not forgetting the people that you reached out to originally, right? And just being there again, checking in. How are things? We you know sent this. We we just finished this campaign for this restaurant wanted to be able to offer you guys that back again. Are you interested? That's, that's such a great idea, Adam. So you started to get into the fulfillment and I feel like there's a lot of lessons learned of handling stores, especially when it seems like you're running quite a few and trying to bring on more and more. Um, how does that work? Like how long do, are, are you just running them forever? Um, you know, when do you fulfill is it weekly or how does that how does that process go
1: yeah so we we realized that if we that we just kind of needed to have a timeline or a cycle on things um, and we didn't want them all to land at the same time because th- otherwise it's chaos it's easy to get overwhelmed um, mm-hmm. we weren't sure at the time especially what our production capacity was going to be so if we could even you know if we took on a few hundred orders from twenty different stores what that was going to be like um, because, like you said, I mean, we, we had never run these merch stores prior to this, uh, so we decided to set it up on a biweekly basis, because we figured that's how most folks are doing their payroll is every two weeks. Um, so from the day that the store goes live, we we put it on the calendar so every two weeks out. Um, we use in our um, our kind of task management system. Um, we put in there that payout needs to happen the garments need to get ordered our work needs to get processed. Um, And then we can go to print, and so we're just able to tick those off. We kind of treat it like a regular order, you know, just hitting all those boxes before it goes out of the door. Um, But that two-week cycle has really helped out, and it it allows us to kind of, you know, we have something to come into every week. And um, aside from like the the onboarding and the outreach and all of that work, we have some. um, We're starting to get those fulfillment orders in now that we're hitting those two-week cycles.
0: Gotcha. Interesting. Any mistakes or lessons learned that on the fulfillment side?
1: Um, yeah, definitely. Uh, We, so I wasn't expecting to see the amount of success or I really just didn't have a a gauge on what that would mean. Um, and right now I think we are, we've got 494 orders, um, in our, in our cycle and we are, um, we're going to start processing those now. Um, so most of the production is done for about 300 of those. And I've got Cases and cases of shirts right on the other side of this wall that are individually polybagged and ready to go. So if you if you are going to get into this um, and you think that you might um, have some success and start seeing numbers in the hundreds in terms of orders, uh, just put a plan together. Um, you know, schedule your production out. Give yourself a day to um, to work out all the kinks on the first round of it. Um, if you're not already doing folding and polybagging and all of that stuff. Uh, you know, make sure that you have the right tools to do it, make sure you have all the supplies that you need, um, and give yourself a little bit of time on the front end to that. If, if, like I said, if you've never done that, if that's not a typical thing for you, um, it is very time consuming. It's folding and bagging a shirt and then putting it together with a packing slip and slapping a label on it, takes a lot more time than than the printing does most of most often. So um, just make sure that you're budgeting that time out and uh, and you know, you've know you given yourself enough of a cushion. and most importantly controlling the expectation for the people that are buying it so um, if you didn't already let the people know um what to inspect in terms of timeline like on our checkout process we put in there that all orders will ship within two to three weeks and we get very clear that it's a pre-sale um so just make sure that that communication is there let let the whoever the store business is just give them a heads up that way um, they can answer questions because most likely that their customers who are buying the shirts and supported them are going to reach out to them first. Um, so make sure that everybody's on the same page in terms of what to expect, um, the timelines, the payouts, all of that stuff. You don't you don't want to get on the backside of this and do something that um, that somebody thought was going to be different and you know they're not happy about it now. And now all of a sudden you you go from you know being a, a lifesaver or a life ring to you've taken the seat of a villain and you're having to try to dig yourself out of a, out of a hole just from bad communication. So
0: 100% that's a really great point. How, how did you handle that with the fundraised amount for each of the items back to the, the business, right? Like you talked about, you had like on a low, medium, high product, or is it a percentage based of each of those products or what
1: was that? Um, so we, we set it up a little bit different than some of the ones that I've seen out there. Um, we, we wanted to do a couple of things. We wanted to maximize the impact for the company that we were, we were setting up the store for, um, while also making it very clear upfront what to expect. So um, we, we have three core products. We're doing the tote bags. We set a, a flat price on those of six bucks. Uh, the t-shirts, we did a flat price of eight. And then for mm-hmm. the hoodies we did a flat price of 16. we got rid of our minimum because that's not, not important now um and we we let people we gave them kind of a price range so for t-shirts we told them somewhere between 18 and 24 dollars, depending on the, the the business depending on their market it kind of gives them allows them to, to pick a number that they think will work best for them and their efforts um because ultimately they understand their clientele if it's you know, if it's a small cafe or something like that, they might want to go a little bit lower on the price scale. But if it's, you know, a Michelin star restaurant, and they think they can get more because they're the, um, the demographic that they're pitching it to has deeper pockets, then they can maybe bump that price up a little bit and and increase the benefit for themselves. Um, Another thing that we did was we we committed to taking 10% of whatever proceeds that we have. um, And at the end of this, we're donating that to the Greater Chicago Food Depository to kind of help everybody else out that might not necessarily have access to it, whether they've lost their job and they're not, you know, not receiving any assistance from their employer um, or they've, you know, they've got a family. They've got kids that are out of school that are normally getting two to three meals a day at school. Sure. Now they're trying to feed them at home. So um, it's just kind of a way for us to partner with a few different organizations and kind of spread, take that money and spread it out as much as we can
0: sure that's interesting so um are there any other interesting hiccups or, or maybe mistakes that you've made throughout the whole process
1: um yeah so we didn't uh the the whole shipping aspect of this was was totally new to us because we had never really we had never done fulfillment like that so um you know just just dealing with individuals was something that was was new to us because we're used to people placing orders and most of the time those those people are businesses Um, So now just kind of having um, uh, a more business to direct end user pipeline uh, was something very new to us. We've never really had that before. So uh, going back to the communication, that was something that we spent like a week, like getting all these crazy questions from people that we had never really been, you know, we had never trained ourselves or prepared ourselves for. Um, And so we kind of had a meeting all together with me and the other two. account managers and we're just like, hey, we need to have a unified message um, sure. that we can just, you know, like what problems can we solve to prevent these issues and prevent these questions? Um, and also if we are going to get these questions that are, you know, just from somebody having confusion about the website or having an issue getting their shipping information there for whatever, um, we just needed to to kind of put together a strategy for how to approach the end user, which we had never really had to do before because we're, you know, we're, in some capacity, a wholesaler to to primarily businesses. So, right, um, right. That was definitely definitely news to us, and definitely a learning curve. But
0: speaking of which, Juan actually had a really great question here. Um, how did you guys manage shipping? So you talked about um, that was an interesting learning process. What did you use? He's asking poly bags, boxes, UPS, USPS. You know what was it? Um, the-
1: yeah, so we, we do quite a bit of polybagging already. Um, we work with a lot of like clothing lines that want to that they're shipping most of their stuff out um, all over the country and all over the world. Um, so we had the materials that we needed, but just, you know, different things like a hoodie can't fit in the same bag as a t-shirt. So you need to make sure that you have an adequate amount of all of that. Um, you know, make sure if you don't have a label printer, um, get a label printer. Steven um, from Campus Inc. has a pretty solid recommendation on that. Um, and yeah, just making sure, like I was saying that you have all the supplies that you need kind of walk through that every single step of this, what does it look like? What are, how are we going to present it? What does it look like when the customer opens it? Do we want to have any branding in there? Like do, is there any, you know, information that we can put a thank you note or something like that? Like just walk through that process and, you know, travel with that t-shirt as it goes through the pipeline. Uh, but in terms of shipping itself, the, the easy post connection and um, Printava, we had already established that um, so we kind of let the customer pick which shipping option works best for them um, and that's worked really great I mean it's it's being able to to send these orders out in batches and just download the shipping labels and put it all together um, has been been super helpful I mean I couldn't I couldn't imagine trying to process 494 Individual shipping labels <laughs> manually. That yeah, sounds exclusive. It's been a, it's been
0: an interesting uh, engineering challenge, but that's awesome. That's really great to hear. What um, so um, have you used any of the end customers' information, like their emails, yet to to add to your email marketing list?
1: Um, we have not. Uh, that's something I've thought about. I will probably um, I'll probably seek permission from the whatever. The businesses that we want to pull that data from sure um, i don't want to just assume because we didn't really there's nothing out there um i mean we could have put it in our terms but there was no there was no opt-in opt-out um that i'm aware of that that we ran past them and i don't want to just i don't want to assume that it's okay to do that um but i mean we'll yeah we're definitely going to reach out to the businesses um uh, that we've set these stores up for and see if that's something that they're okay with and see if you know if we can get that information at very least we'll probably send everybody um a follow-up thank you um just kind of recapping the success of the program you know once once we're getting closer to to ending the fundraising sites uh for the business aspect of it or the the COVID 19 relief then um yeah we'll probably follow up with everybody kind of give them some some stats on the success um you know tell them how the funds were distributed and just kind of you know, thank them again for their support of of our, um, I, I don't wanna call them our customers, but our friends and neighbors in Chicago. I mean, all of these people at the end of the day, whether they're the business owner that you're, who's, you know, been buying shirts from a for years, that person still goes home at the end of the day. They're our neighbor, they're our friends. We want everybody to be able to uh, um, to be happy and healthy on the other side of this. So we just wanna thank them for that. That'll be something that we, sure. we absolutely make it a point of doing.
0: It's a great Maybe. idea. Um, there was another question from Sean McDonald's who I was actually just about to ask about this is marketing and promotion of a store. How, how does that work, right? How, how much are you pushing it versus them? I mean, especially if you're starting to run however many tens or so, you know, 20, 30 stores at a time. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, what do you give them tools or what does that look like?
1: Yeah. Um, so that that is the one thing that we, that we ask of people. Um, and we it does two things so we we try to get them to promote it we we make it very clear up front that the success of the program rides on their ability to push it um, because the people who are following our sales channel or our, our marketing channels our social media aren't necessarily their customers and may not right. you know have any connection with them um, right. i mean i would i would venture to say that a quarter of the people following us are are in the screen printing industry and are probably not going to go buy a shirt from a restaurant in chicago that that they've never been to um yeah. So we make it very clear up front it's like all right we're going to do all this work and in order for this all of this to be worth something you have to push it um so fortunately um i think any business right now has probably the largest captive audience they've ever had because everybody's chilling at home um so getting them to push it through their social media getting it uh getting them to put the link in their bio and direct people to it regularly um is is really what's been been driving this and the companies that we've seen more actively promoting it you know putting it in different posts and all that kind of stuff are the ones that are doing better um so we we share that information i mean we we can kind of give them um, we we make it very clear like these people are doing really well with this and follow them and see how they're promoting it and why it's being um, why it's been successful for them so far so um, yeah, we like that. Like
0: is it some sort of doc that you give them at the beginning to, to you know it's up to like, you guys to push it?
1: Yeah, I mean, we just kind of give them we kind of give them some direction. Um, uh, I mean social media is, is perfect for this. Instagram um, is great. We'll, we'll send them all the mockups that they need um, so that they can can share those and um, yeah, whatever graphics, if it's any new art that people have never seen before um yeah we'll give them the mock-ups we'll give them any graphics that we put together um and just kind of you know tell them to push it i mean um with each store especially having a few different options on there it gives them some different talking points um whether it's a tote or a tee or a hoodie or something like that you know if it's today it's oddly sunny and snowing in chicago so it's a great day to, to promote a hoodie right um so yeah we we kind of we help them with those talking points a little bit um and then Just really try to drive it in that that the success of this relies on them because their followers aren't necessarily our followers Um, so in order for them to reach the people that really genuinely want to help them, they need to get the word out there. Um, And I think showing them that that other businesses are doing it other businesses who you they either may be familiar with or they'll look up to or something like that, you know. They feel a little less guilty about kind of the self promotion aspect of it, which I feel like most people are are hesitant to do but you know, these are weird times and you got to, you know what I mean? If you want to stay afloat and people are happy to help if you give them the opportunity. So, um, yeah. That
0: makes sense. That's awesome. Yeah. I really appreciate uh, sharing that. Um, would you say the most successful store then is the one that they really pushed out to their audience or, or was there something else that, and like, like Uh, what was the most successful so far?
1: Uh, the most successful store was, uh, one of our brewery clients. Um, and yeah, they pushed it. I mean, they've, they, they've run a few different fundraising campaigns. Um, Mm -hmm. and you know, alongside the, the store that we had running, they had a, a another design that they had on their, um, their own e-commerce platform, um, that they ended up dropping as a traditional order with us. So we came in, um, to this week with just a straight up order from them, not a fulfillment order. Um, so they've they they definitely see the value of it um they've promoted it online they even dedicated a a post um to us uh as the company and just kind of broke down you know who we were our relationship with them and then the program that we're running um so that was huge i mean we had a lot of people seeing that getting directed to us and asking us questions about how to um how to get involved with that so that's um, really cool. yeah i mean the the ones that are promoting it are definitely the ones that are that are doing better. I mean, we have we have 21 active stores right now. And there are a couple that are sitting in there that we know that um, that the link has not been shared, it hasn't been put on their social media, and they might have one or two orders in there. Um, but the ones that are, you know, that have, you know, 40, 50 to a couple 100 orders are the ones that we've seen, like That's tagging perfect. us and stuff and sharing the information, sharing the mockups, um, right, you know, directing people to that site. So how do you Uh, you the only way to get it out there is that exposure what's up
0: how do you print those ones and twos? do you have a direct to garment printer or do you sub those out or you you Um, up?
1: we're setting up the press yeah we we so going back to kind of how we simplified the the offerings um and that flat rate um six eight and sixteen dollar pricing um so we also included some printing parameters in there so that i mean you couldn't just go wild and give us a an eight color simulated process print and we're going to print two of them right Um, so we did, uh, we set it up. You can either get a one color on the front and back or a one to three color print on a single location. Um, we tried to make it, we, um, orders, we, we try to anticipate the fact that not all of these stores are going to be, you know, super successful in our eyes in terms of, in terms of approaching our minimum order. But, um, we wanted to make it something that was really easy and really impactful. So we know what prints are, do really well. Um, in a retail environment. And then we also know what prints do really well on press and allow us to get in and out really quickly with those. Um, So we just took that overlap and and set the parameters based on that. Um, So most of our most of the most of the orders are single color. Um, We do have a few that are up to three color, uh, but we're pushing those as um, a soft hand shop worn print. Uh, where we don't have to do an underbase, and we're pushing them on a, a Heather T so you can get kind of a vintage look. So just using Got the, it. using the techniques that we know um, will make things easier for us to, to keep our costs down so that we can um, offer kind of maximum impact for the businesses.
0: Makes sense. Well, that's awesome. Um, yeah, Adam, I really appreciate being able to go through this. I think this is just so helpful. Um just to be able to 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 share some of the tips and lessons learned over this time obviously we're so many of us are so new and getting started um, so th- this has been great uh, we're gonna also record this has all been recorded so you guys will be able to rewatch it and be able to pull it down after. Um, I have to definitely plug Printavo Merch as we're working really hard to be able to help Adam and all of you guys be able to start up stores affordably and just get going on it quickly. Now, um, we actually just released fundraising for Printavo Merch, too, which is really exciting. So not only can you keep track and do reporting on how much you fundraise. But you can also then show a little bar at the top and a progress bar, set a goal, and just have some more customization um, on the store. So you guys can check that out. Um, Check out our blog, printalva.com slash blog, to be able to see that. And I'll type that in here as well. um, So you guys can pull this down. We'll also... (laughs) I posted the URL, printalva.com slash Adam. um, Slash blog. So you guys... Yeah. So you guys will be able to check that out. Um, Again, Adam, thank you so much. Hopefully you're staying warm. It's actually flurring in Chicago. So (laughs) nobody's excited about that.
1: Yeah. Thank you, Bruce and um, Luke and the whole team at Printavo. Um, If you guys haven't already checked it out, check out the new features they just rolled out in the last few days. Um, Super helpful, especially at these, you know, for these fundraising stores and um, the presentation aspect of it, making it very easy to, 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 get people signed up. So, I definitely recommend it if you've never dipped your toes into it. We're really happy that we did. So,
0: heck yeah. Thanks man. Thank you again. All right guys, we'll see you next time.